What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the Rock Lee to my guy sensei. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Is this, does this mean we're going to get matching haircuts? <laughs> yes, and green jumpsuits. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, dude? Not too bad. It kind of sucks. We got rained out, so and it like rained a, a lot. So it's like, I don't know when I'm going to get to you know get back to work so i can finish this crap so yeah what about you man did anything happen for you (laughs) yes over the weekend i got engaged oh how'd she pop the question (laughs) (laughs) actually i did i know that comes as a surprise but okay but very happy very very happy. happy for you buddy thank you all right our female viewership is going to go down like crazy now though. Like, ah, oh, he's locked up. Oh, I just got to turn this off. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely what they're all thinking. <laughs> all right. We'll get into our news. Not a lot this week, but there's some you know, exciting was, bits in there. It was a so, slow uh, news week a little bit. It, I feel like that's how it is. One week. It's nothing. The next we're going to have like 40 things to talk about. And it's going to be a six yeah. hour podcast. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll get it started off. I guess Hayden Christensen is now going to be in the live action Ahsoka show. He's hopping around star Wars uh, sets over there at wherever they're recording it. <laughs> he, he must be so happy that the sequels were so hated. Cause like, the, now the Star Wars fans are just like, yes, Hayden Christensen's back. When before they're like, I hate this guy. He's terrible. And yeah. now, you know, now they just love him so much. And yeah. So, I mean, good for him. I'm happy. But <laughs> And here's the thing, like, since it's done by, you know, Filoni and uh, yeah, the other guy, Happy. What's his name? Um, Favreau. Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. It's probably going to be really good. And then yeah. they'll just have that in their minds. Like he was great. And this is good. It's he's always been great, yeah. but you know, it's whatever I'm happy for him too. I never hated him. Like clearly what we got with those wasn't great, but you know, that, that was what he was given. So, yeah. In all honesty, it's like, unless you're Ian McGregor, you can't make that crap look good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Ian McGregor so, is perfect. Yeah. So speaking of Star Wars, I have a really dumb story. So there's a like a semi truck that I have to drive around every once in a while. It's the new one. And I hate it because it'll be like, and I explained it to dad because he's like, why don't you like it? It's it's fine. You know, it's great. I'm like, well, it's terrible because like you'll be driving it and it'll like if you're you don't want to put your foot on the gas too badly because it, you know, you're just trying to move it slowly. But then you, you kind of have to sometimes, and then it's like slow to go, but then it'll like pick up really quick. And I'm like, it's very much like Emperor Palpatine where it's like, I'm so weak. <laughs> and then it's like, ah, and it just gets you. And you're like, it's like so hard not to wreck it when it does that crap. It's terrible. Yeah. Like you're trying yeah. to back up to a hopper and it just does that. It's, it's so funny that you, you mentioned that scene, like, Whenever I play Apex with my friend Trey, we quote that scene all the time. Like one of us will get downed and we'll be like, don't let him kill me. <laughs> What's funny though, if like anybody who hasn't watched that scene in a while, go back and watch it. You can find that on YouTube because right after 
Palpatine throws uh, Mace out the window, he just leans back and he goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he took like a sip of ice cold water on a hot day. And once you see it, you'll never unsee it. So I'm sorry if I just cursed Star Wars for everybody, but it is so funny. I mean, in all fairness, though, murdering a Jedi is like taking a sip of water for a Sith. So That's true. That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. And then I'll do one more and let you go. Um, this was pretty interesting. Image announced that they're not doing second printings anymore. That's that's something. I don't know if I'm going to say it's really smart, but it, it is something. <laughs> well, they they say it's because of the paper shortage, so I don't think it's going to be permanent. They just said, uh, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, they are not doing any additional uh, printing. So I gotcha. If an image number one comes out, guys, make sure you pick it up. Otherwise, uh, they're going to turn it into a show or movie and it's going to be worth hundreds of dollars and you'll have missed out. Yeah. And where, where is a good spot to get that? Just thinking, hey, you, know. you know, if you're in the greater St. Louis area or even out of state, give me a call out at country, Comic even. Headquarters. Out of, out of country. We've, we've got, I've seen the analytics. We've got fans out there, uh, you know, give Comic Headquarters on Telegraph Road in St. Louis a call. We'll help you out. There you go. Okay, so my first bit of news, this is like just slow news day type news, but there was a little bit of outrage about it, so I figured I'll talk about it. The Miss Marvel poster came out, and her powers <clears throat> are kind of like, they look more kind of bunkery, and, you know, Green uh, Green Lantern-y, where, like, her fist is, like, an energy thing, you know, and she's like, got some, like, energy con- constructs behind her, and it's made a lot of people mad because they're like, why can't they just you know, give her the other thing. Cause it's, then they're like, Oh, she's not going to actually be transforming into Captain Marvel, which is like, everyone knew she wouldn't because you're not going to get Brie Larson for, you know, an episode to pretend she's this you know little girl that wasn't going to happen. No, you, know, like, you had to know that wasn't going to happen. So, but it does kind of like mess up one of that character's more interesting things early on. So I don't know how well it's going to work. Do you have any opinions on this, man? Yeah, I do. Um, anybody that has ever told me that the changes they made to Thor isn't that big of a deal, I hope you're fans of Ms. Marvel and this hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, did they change her powers up a little bit? Sure. But did they turn her into a fat, drunken idiot? No. So, you know, look at the bright side, folks. I mean, yet. We don't know for sure what else happens. <laughs> That's true. I mean, she's a child, so that'd be pretty extreme for Marvel, but yeah, who knows? It'd be, it would be, but, you know, wouldn't put it past him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Lunar also sent out emails this week to account holders. And one of the great things about Lunar is that they would bag and board any... Um, incentive variants so like all your one in 25s one in 50s whatever it would come in a bag and board so that the cover didn't get uh, you know color rubs or anything like that which is great and uh the bag and board shortage man it just it keeps biting because they said due to that they won't be doing that anymore until things get back to normal so real unfortunate 
it's nothing to be upset with Lunar about, you know, uh, it is what it is. Hopefully they go back to doing it when they're able to, and I'm happy to have gotten them up till now. So, yeah. I like to think Diamond sent out a similar email to the people and they're like, just so you know, since there's a shortage, we'll be less likely to be able to rip up your comics before they go in the package. <laughs> we'll just have to put them in there normal. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Hey, maybe they'd get some business back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'll just share my last bit of news. So Brandon Frazier from such hit things as Doom Patrol, Our Childhood, The Mummy, Encino Man, and many more uh, has joined you the cast. You didn't even of- say my favorite. The Mummy? That's, that's, that's everybody's favorite. George of the Jungle. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, too. <laughs> my sister had the biggest crush on Brandon Frazier, and that was like her catnip. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he's joined the cast of Batgirl, and the rumor is he's going to play Firefly, which should be pretty cool. I really like the Brandon Frazier renaissance that we're going through right now, where it's just like everyone's just like, oh, yeah, this dude had some really terrible things happen to him, and he's always been great, and he may end up winning an Oscar this year. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like I don't care about Oscars. Yeah. I don't care about Oscars, but it's like when it's a guy like that, I'm like, yeah, I hope he gets it. Just like how I hope like when Jackie Chan won his like lifetime achievement award, I'm like, I don't care about these things, but I'm happy for him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think, I think most people uh, find that they love Brendan Fraser. There's gotta be a movie out there that they've seen. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot he was in it. That's great. Yeah. Like the only time I've ever seen it and I was like, man, this is, bad was like the other two mummy movies because like mummy one is like <laughs> so good and then like yeah. they're like you know what make this movie better throwing it as a kid and it's like that never makes the movie better that makes it worse and then the third one they're like you know how everyone loves brandon frazier well let's make his kid the main character <laughs> and it's like no yeah yeah it was like they tried to replicate um Oh gosh, what was the kid's name in Indiana Jones? Uh, short uh, round. Short round. Or yeah. no, I, I want to say okay. short stack. <laughs> Those are pancakes. Yeah. Anyway. You go to Denny's and you order a short round. They're like, they just look at you. Like I always get those mixed up. I know, right? Ridiculous. Anyway, it's like they tried to do that, but it just didn't work out as well. No, because I mean, short round's adorable, and that kid was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like I like him uh, as Firefly. I think that's a great choice. Um, and I also think that Firefly is a great choice for Batgirl's like first villain. It's gonna. I hope they take a lot from the actual story Batgirl Year One because that is an awesome, awesome story. And uh, yeah, it'd be great. And I think Firefly is gonna be one of those ones that would just be awesome live action in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think it would work in Matt Reeves' universe also. I know they wouldn't get, you know, Brandon Fraser for that, but yeah, any form of him would be pretty cool. <laughs> Just a grittier version of himself. Yeah, the same awesome. character. All right. And then my last bit of news, continuing on the, the comics train here. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. It looks like Marvel is canceling a few titles. Uh, we got Savage Avengers, Sword, and Excalibur are all missing from the January solicitations. 
That's too bad. Like Savage Avengers, what I read of it is a lot of fun. It's just it is a very forgettable book, though. That's the like that's the main downside to it. And because it's just like I forget that I like it and I kind of forget, you know, when it's on the emails. But uh, the other two, they're probably going to bring them back in some type of another X-Men title. That's 100 percent correct. They've done it with almost every other book since like House and Powers of X has come out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need to go back and read Savage Avengers and Trade because every time I look at it, because like the the team is always revolving, which is how an it, Avengers book should be. It sounds like it kind of became like almost a Marvel team up with Conan. Yeah. As the main, you know, as the main guy, like he's just interviewing them and, you know, he's being like a wacky interview host. <laughs> well, hey, then that, I mean, Savage Avengers showed Conan more love than marvel has in general i think yeah i think it's jerry dugan's writing that or was writing it for a while so maybe he just really likes conan he probably does and they're probably like well we got the ip we might as well use it right anyway uh yeah that's all for the news so take a little ad break and we'll come back and talk some comics we'll be right back All right, folks, thanks for listening to the ad. And if you'd like to hear Casey and I have a little moral debate, it's not really a debate, but uh, check it out over on YouTube. That is just Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube. But anyway, Casey, let's get into the comics that we read this week, my man. Which ones did you read? So I read Catwoman Lonely City, which was awesome, by the way. Um, Green Lanterns, number seven. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number four. Black Manta, two of six. The Flash, 775. Catwoman, 36. Shazam, four of four. The Death of Doctor Strange, number two. Suicide Squad, number eight. Batman, 115. And Thor, number 18. What about you? I just realized I missed Shazam, which makes me really sad. I mean, you know, you didn't miss much. Really? Yeah, I'm like really disappointed with that book. Oh, that's too bad. Anyway, I read We Don't Kill Spiders, number one. Nubia and the Amazons, number one. Nightwing, number 85. Suicide Squad, King Shark, number two. Masters of the Universe, Revelation, number four. Suicide Squad, number eight. Catwoman, number 36. Death of Doctor Strange, number two. Batman, number 115. Thor, number 18. And Catwoman, Lonely City, number one. Nice. I think you might have had more than me. That's how it sounded in my head. I agree. So I will talk about We Don't Kill Spiders, number one. When you saw that title, were you like, maybe you don't? (laughs) I'll tell you what, the only reason I picked this up uh, is because of listener and friend of the podcast, Dan Nichols. Hello, Dan. He put it on his poll and I wasn't going to order. I think this actually came out last week. So I went to order it for him and it turns out to be like a, a Viking witchcraft story. And I was like, okay, Dan, okay, I'll check <laughs> it out. And uh, it was pretty cool. So uh, it's written and drawn by Joseph Schmalky. And uh, yeah, so 
this guy gets uh, hired by a Jarl to investigate a bunch of killings in his village. Like five families have all been brutally murdered, all decapitated, heads are gone, and there's just weird like runes and stuff drawn in blood all over these houses. <laughs> and the Jarl is like, thanks for coming, Bjorn. Uh, you know, your reputation goes far and wide on how great you are at solving these types of problems. So uh, please go take care of it. You have all of the resources at your disposal that I can give you. And so uh, the dude goes and looks and he doesn't recognize any of the runes or anything like that. So he actually goes to uh, the witch's hut who the Jarl swears up and down is the one responsible for this because he wants her to look at it knowing that she's a magic user and maybe she can help decipher these runes that he can't understand. And uh, she's like, well, I can see why they think it was me because uh, they all killed my, my whole family like several years ago and then banished me. So I've just kind of been out here doing magic uh, in my hut by myself. Turning tricks. Turning tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's like, anyway, yes, I'll help you. And, uh, like a spider comes down and lands on Bjorn's shoulder and he smashes it. And she's like, Hey, don't do that. And, uh, she takes it and her eyes go crazy and she whispers a spell and the spider comes back to life. And she's like, Oh, I'm not just like, uh, I'm not just a trick turning witch. I'm a full on <laughs> necromancer. So anyway, romance her, you know, turn tricks. <laughs> That's right. So she goes with them to uh, one of the houses where the murders happened. She's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go in there and take care of it, but I'm gonna need all this stuff." And so they bring it to her, and she's like, "I'm gonna lock the door, and no matter what you hear inside the house, don't come in. Um, and, you know, or come in at your own risk, basically." So the Jarl and everyone's out there and he's like, I can't believe you're letting this witchcraft happen, you know, in our village and she's just going to kill us and blah, blah, blah. And the witch is in there and she's doing a spell to talk to the souls of the, the dead family that's there. And when she goes into her vision thing, she sees that the souls are dead themselves. She's like, well, crap, now I can't talk to them. And then the super creepy, like, pig man berserker thing shows up. And uh, he's terrifying. And he's just like, the master accepts your offering of spilled blood and I will obey your call. What do you ask of me? And then, you know, that's how it ends. So I don't know what's going on with that, but... I mean, this was a cool book. Like the art's great, the colors are great. It's spooky. It's got Vikings. I'm all in on it. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a strong eight out of ten for me. Nice man. Sounded pretty interesting. Yeah. By the way, this is the um, timed trial Ultraman fun time brought to you by Our Man. <laughs> perfect we gotta change the name every time yep. um so first for me is gonna be green lantern number seven and this is by i gotta 
I know Jeffrey Thorne does the uh, the old writing parts, but gotta find the other. Um, yeah, it's Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci on the art. And so yeah, John is ta- like talking to this one new god. And the new god shows when the uh, back when the new gods were you know very new. They're all waging war on each other, you know, and this is even before Dark Side was Dark Side. And they were fighting, and the Guardians were like, oh, this is before the Guardians even had like Green Lanterns. They were just, you know, like little, little Smurfs kind of going around with their powers doing stuff. And they're like, oh, they can't live because they're bad. And so then they decide to, you know, I guess end them, but then like, they try to, you know, the, the good guy, new gods are trying to explain to him like, Hey, you shouldn't do that. We're good. Blah, blah, blah. And then John ends up getting zapped with some stuff and he's got a cool new suit. So we get to see John with his new suit. So at least he's not going to be depowered this whole time. So it might get more interesting, but it's just like, I'm going to say this. Jeffrey Thorne seems to think he needs to like over explain everything, have very like, how like Bendez has like pages of dialogue. It's like that, but at least Bendez um, is interesting or not interesting, but funny. I'll give it like, you know, there's some humor there. This is just kind of like not good sci-fi, you know, writing and it's pages of it. But then the next, uh, next thing we get some uh, Joe and Simon and they're all talking and it's just like, and like, uh, kid lantern so powerful that even though she's knocked out she's making these constructs in her sleep and she doesn't like any of these people but then simon is able to talk to her even though she's asleep and she's now trusting like got rid of all the constructs and it's like i has like i like joe and simon seems cool but it's just like wow i just do not care about this character kid lantern and i hate the art like man this book is getting like if it, if i didn't love green lantern so much this book would be done already like i just like but i'm gonna give it gonna give it a few more before i before i end it because my god i'm not enjoying myself i'm gonna give it a four out of ten you're gonna give it a few more yet you read immortal hulk for 50 issues well it was that one was like first 25 not bad and then it started getting bad i'm like i don't know about this and then it was like I came this far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next for me is Nubia and the Amazons, number one, written by Stephanie Williams and Vita Ayala. Um, and Aletha Martinez on pencil. Oh, had a burp right there. Sorry, folks. <laughs> on pencils. You nasty. I know. Uh, so it's kind of a Nubia origin story. She comes out of this thing called the Well of Souls. And we get some background on uh, this character called the Caretaker, whose real name is Magala. She takes care of the Well of Souls. And then it's like Magala just loves trinkets from man's world. So whenever Diana was off on her adventure, she would bring back Magala trinkets from man's world. And it's just like, like we see some of it. It's like an ink pen and just, 
like so it's very stuff. much very much like the little mermaids um yes. treasure trove i got yes 100 percent. and uh she's a <sighs> raccoon that is what you're saying yeah yeah she just <laughs> or like a, what, a magpie they just like shiny things yeah anyway like my dog my dog is she'll just take stuff and then like it can be anything and then like run out to the yard and leave it in a spot. And then she'll get some other piece of trash and run it to that same spot. <laughs> She's like, this is my treasures. We all have our vices, I guess. <laughs> um, but anyway, whenever Nubia came out of the well of souls, the well like closed itself up and for centuries, nobody else had come out of it. Well, now it's normal, regular times. Hippolyta's off on the Justice League and uh, Nubia's Queen of the Amazons. And the well opens again. And so a bunch of new Amazon sisters are coming up out of the well. And Magala's there with her baskets of sporks and <laughs> buttons and who knows what else. And she's like... <laughs> She's just like, I, I just feel that each of you, like these are suited for each of you, handing them out, and they're all just like, Oh, thanks. And I'm like, I'm like what this the? is trash. Yeah, I know, right? This is um, just a ball of tinfoil. <laughs> so when they all came out of the well, did anyone go, Well, well, well? No, there was oh, a man. huge missed opportunity there. <laughs> uh anyway. So there's like a big welcoming ceremony. Um, and then Nubia has some like visions in her sleep. Some might call them dreams, but uh, something. Oh, and then one of the other Amazon sisters has visions too. And so uh, I guess one Amazon at a time, there's like shifts. They go and watch over Doom's doorway. We have no idea what that is yet. Uh, they just hinted at it in here, as well as the regular Wonder Woman title. And the visions are like Doom's doorway opens up and the end of the world's going to happen or something like that. So it ends with the, the other Amazon who just got done with her shifts at, uh, at the Doom's doorway. <laughs> Sounds like a bad uh, fast food place. Got done with her shift. Um, <laughs> anyway, it ends with her having that vision. And then another sister's like, what did you see? And she's like, the end of things. And then it's to be continued. So I don't know. I have a guess on who's behind it simply because at the last panel, it seems like one of the the sisters has been turned to stone. So maybe Medusa oh, yeah. is coming back. But uh, anyway, it was a fine issue. I'm going to give it one more to like hook me. But I mean, I just don't care about new Amazons being birthed out of this well. And then the trash lady just handing out stuff to, to each of them. Like the art's fine. And like, I do enjoy some of the lore stuff that happens because I'm a sucker for that, but it just wasn't all terribly interesting. So yeah, well, we'll give it one more. We'll see who's behind the door and uh, go from there. But this is probably like a five for me. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that is one really hard thing since they're not putting Nubia in the real world and it's just her dealing with Amazonian stuff. It's kind of like, it, that's a hard, hard hook, you know? It is. And I, so you know, I, I had a totally open mind. I was willing to go for it, but... yeah. All right, so next for me is Superman, Son of Kal-El. And this is by Tom Taylor with, um, who did the art? Just put it in a normal spot, DC. Be normal. Why can't you be normal? Uh, Daniel De Nicciolo on the art. And fun fact, this is a little fun thing that I forgot I mentioned in the news. Um, the colorist for Superman, Son of Kal-El, did you hear what happened with him? Yes, I did. Okay, I thought it was kind of funny because he like commented on a bunch of like anti John Bean buy stuff, and then they're like, "He's the colorist," and then they're like, "Okay, not anymore. We're gonna put hi-fi on it." And it's just like, but then someone in the comments like that makes like it's good hi-fis on it. His colors like match the the bisexualness of it. I'm like, what? How do maybe I'm colorblind, but I don't see that. I don't get how. That works at all. <laughs> no, Hi-Fi is an amazing colorist, but I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with that. Yeah. I saw but, this uh, stuff too. And the thing that killed me is that his quote was like, I'm just sick of them changing these characters. I'm like, dude, he is basically a brand new character. Yep. Like there's nothing to change. It's not been touched on. Yeah. It'd been funny if he just meant that as like, I hate that they're changing these characters. John should still be a kid right in which <laughs> i agree sir yeah i mean everyone that read read john as a kid agrees except for bendez so you know fair enough <laughs> <laughs> but okay so yeah this starts with the dinner from last time and then you get like this was one of the neat really neat panels is the person that they saved last time gets dropped in there and so john in this really cool splash page even though the art in my opinion is kind of lacking it shows like him thinking at super speed and then he goes through and saves everyone except for his um one friend who's still just his friend and because he can't because the dude is intangible like as he goes to touch him his hand goes right through and so he saves the other people goes back to where the house is and excuse me and you know uh hippolyta shows up she's gonna go fight the fight the old girl that just got dropped as a bomb and she gets back fisted and flies off and so like because this house was under you know the jla's protection so like they didn't pick up on a slow moving plane flying over their house and dropping someone it was till after the damage it's like geez guys you'd need to get on your job a little bit better but whatever and then wally is running towards you know the thing now and john gets there first which is also pretty stupid because john shouldn't be faster than superman and superman isn't even close to wally so that was i thought was pretty lame but then he john then explains everything tells him like oh this girl needs to be protected what happened why did you get taken you know taken away from star star lab and then tom taylor amazing writing they took me away who did i don't know just great um but yeah so they like john talks to wally for a little bit and that was a really neat moment and then they uh like john's mad he wants to talk to the 
leader of this country. And that's one of the things too, though. John shows all of this because like the, his buddy, I'm blanking on his name, gave him like the inf- you know info on the place in a tablet. He reads it all, takes it to Lois and Lois is like, this is all, you know, it's all really good. It's like, how did you not know about this? You are literally the best reporter. And that's like one of the things I'm like having so much trouble with this story. It's like, it's like, yeah, Lois is awesome. And yet Lois is like, this guy's bad, huh? It's like, (laughs) come on. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you're trying to make your new guy look awesome, but don't lower Lotus. Like she should be able to be like, yeah, but there's nothing we can do because he's another, you know, like everyone knows that knows, but nothing you can do because they're so advanced or some (laughs) nonsense like that. Yeah. And so, but then like something happens to John's powers and that's how it ends. And this is actually probably the best issue so far. I'm still don't know if I'm going to keep up after, like I said, issue five is where I'm going to for sure draw the, am I going to stay or not? Cause I'm still just not been like, Oh my God. But this issue was probably the best so far. I'm going to give it a six out of 10. I'm still not blown away. I, I was higher on it until I started talking about it. And then I was like, oof, I really did not like this at all. Okay. You just want to resell that number five. I mean, not really. Like, I don't care that much about it. But I mean, if a hundred percent, if I I got somehow the original colorist version of it, I'm like, that's the one that's going to be worth money. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's going to be. It's been so over ordered that there's no way it's going to be worth anything after yeah, the first week. That's the thing. Like, they already. That's another thing that I saw in the news. They were talking about this being like already on second printing before it even comes out and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, let's hope the comic shops move it because I know like how you've talked about before, that doesn't really go into the numbers. It's just what you order, you know? So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, uh, the people's like, there's a craze right now for additional printings. Like, yeah. Like, cause sometimes second printings will be a first, their first cover appearance or something like that. That won't be the case with this because I think the B cover of this issue is the one where they're actually like making out on a rooftop or whatever. So, and then there's that other one that looks like a, like a, Oh, it's like a, the Yahweh manga cover, which it's like, who's the target? Like, I don't get this. Like who's reading comics for this type of content when it's like, we just want to see them, you know, fighting and saving the day and stuff. Not like seductively looking at each other. And that's for any couple, you know, <laughs> like no one wants Batman. I mean, okay, I guess there's some like weirdos that want Batman and uh Catwoman like making out on their cover, but it's like, I yeah, don't, it's Tom King. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree, man. I think, and I knew this was going to happen whenever they sent out the big email. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they just wanted it to up the numbers on this. There, there was some, like, I know it's well over like a hundred thousand copies were ordered. So, I mean, that, I, that's like nineties Jim Lee X-Men numbers right there. Yeah. And I, I will say though, part of the things, part of the reasoning why, and this is some of the, one of the things that someone mentioned on Twitter too, was like, they, um, like comic book shops got blindsided with that, uh, Robin one. Like someone read it early that this happened and then put it on Twitter, then everyone freaked out. And then comic shops like, oh no. And, and so like now this way, they're like, if we break it, break it early, this won't put the comic book shops in such a crappy position like the last time. 
they're not looking out for us doing this. Fair enough. I'm just I'm just trying to give them they the benefit want, of the doubt. They want article clicks. Yeah. Um I wish that were the case. I mean, I don't know. I almost I almost prefer it to be the other way with Robin because then it's like, okay, if you are gonna resell, at least it's kind of limited and it, it makes sense. But yeah, people are gonna try to sell this at 20 bucks a pop on the day it comes out, and some dummies are gonna pay for it, even though two hundred thousand copies were made and you can get one anywhere. Mm-hmm. If shops are limiting, which they should be, uh, but not all of them do. So it's whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna need 50 of those copies. I'm gonna resell them for 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> this investment <laughs> won't go bad. <laughs> all right. Next for me is Nightwing number 85. It's written by Tom Taylor and art is done by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, yeah, so this book is essentially just Nightwing and Batgirl, uh, Barbara, going to fight Seer, who is the one that hacked Oracle's network and is telling everybody all this bad stuff. And uh, we get a little bit of Tim and Cassie and Stephanie in there too, which is cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, the seer basically just rigs the clock tower that was Babs's headquarters to explode. And at the end, spoiler alert, we're made to think that uh, the other two Batgirls are up there. So that was a spoiler alert. Yeah. Because of Stephanie. She used to be spoiler. <laughs> yes. Do you get it? I, I get okay. it. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, half the issue is that the other half is like um, flashbacks up between Dick and Barbara. And uh, there's like some fear toxin. Like they, they try to get into this. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's where like Seer is, but it's like Barbara's backup headquarters anyway it's rigged with like fear toxin so each one thinks they see the other one dying and they freak out and then tim shows up and like snaps them out of it and then they kiss and uh yeah uh tim kisses like the all three of them like like oh. tim and dick kiss yeah, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought i was like tim grabs barbara grabs uh <laughs> you know dick and he's like okay let's kiss <laughs> No, but here's the lame part is like, let me find the panel. It happens. And Tim just goes, oh, finally, with a little smirk on his face. I'm like, what do you mean? Finally, they've been on again, off again for decades. How funny would it have been if like when Nightwing thought that uh, Barbara died, he's like, hey, Corey, fire. (laughs) How are you doing? Right. <laughs> okay, we got a situation in Gotham. Can you come help us out? But anyway, <laughs> so I don't know. Like, you're really you're not missing much of anything if uh, if you skip this. But it says next is Batgirls, and to read what happens, read Batman one sixteen to find out. So I don't know. This was all just kind of more set up for fear state that really doesn't matter in the end 
How are you liking Fear State stuff so far? Because I've been, as everyone knows, not the highest. Honestly, I think the best of all of it is probably Randy's Catwoman. Fair um, enough. He's really like making something out of nothing because he's forced to. And I think it shows mm-hmm. how good of a writer he is for it. Uh, but hands down, if I have to read Future State, I'm choosing Catwoman. It's the most interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so next up for me is going to be Black Manta. I almost said Black Adam. Black Manta, uh, number six. Yeah, sorry. And this is by uh, old Chucky, please don't call me Charles Brown, and Valentin de uh, Landro on the art. And this was pretty fun. Um, Yeah, I mean, kind of more stuff explaining with the whole, oh, I'm you know, this, this rock thing is doing stuff and you get some black, uh, black Manta doing some crazy stuff. And we also get to see old, uh, gentleman ghost. Nice. Which I just, I love that. I love that character. That's one of those characters that's like, should be more stuff, but I get why he's not like, he's super interesting, but you know, that's not, that's, that's it's pretty lame too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it jumps around a lot though. That's like one of the main downsides of this issue. The art's pretty solid. The story itself, it's like fine, but it like, it doesn't really, I think the editor should have kind of jumped in on this one and been like, get more focused, dude. Cause it's kind of all over the place. So yeah, for that, I'm going to give it a, uh, probably four out of 10. I'm still interested in this story. And I think that helps that it's a mini series and not a full series. Cause if it was a full series, I probably would just drop it after this one, but you know, give it a, give it all this do all six, unless something really bad happens next time. <laughs> all right. I'm going to be less wordy on my next few. Cause we're at 37 already, almost halfway done and we're not halfway through our comics. All right. Suicide squad, King shark number two. Uh, this was written by Tim Seeley and art was done by Scott Collins. So we do get to see more cool fight stuff between all the champions. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Gentleman Ghost, Casey, because he's in this book too. Nice. <laughs> the Gentleman Ghost Renaissance. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, Waller basically. I don't know, somehow gets Etrigan and Gentleman Ghost to fight King Shark's dad, the god of dragons, or dragons, sharks, sorry, Um, (laughs) as well as this crazy, like, harpy lady um, who, like, kidnaps the shark god's... uh, like devout follower that birthed King shark. Like it's, this is like a bonkers book, man. Anyway. Um, yeah. And then the girl, what's her name? Defacer. Is that it? The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is the graffiti artist that's here with King shark. Um, ends up going out and sleeping with the, the champion of men that's here at this competition because she really likes him. And well, I mean, he is the champion of men. Best we got. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, then at the end, uh, 
deface her and King Shark kind of make up. She's like, hey, I'm sorry that we're not friends. You're actually one of my best friends and I need your help getting my anger under control. And this is like mostly stupid, but kind of funny. King Shark is like, you know, I'm winning my fights, but I'm kind of losing some steam and I've got like a long way to go still. I need, I need like more rage. You need to keep it under control, but I need more. She's like, oh, I think I got something that can help you out. So the next uh, fight, King Shark is fighting this like other harpy lady. And uh, King Shark looks up to the stands and Defacer is there and starts singing an obvious parody of Baby Shark which just sends him into a blind rage and he like rips this hawk lady in half Nice, (laughs) and that's how it ends this book is just plain dumb fun from start to finish and it is rather enjoyable um it was it was a cool issue so eight out of ten for me nice man every time you said harpy's harpy lady though i was always thinking of my valentine's Favorite car- favorite battle monster to use in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up for me, it's going to be Flash 775. And this is by um, Jeremy Adams and Fernando Passaran. And so last issue, this uh, big old medieval weapon landed in the ground and they had Superman try to pull it out, but he couldn't, even though he needs to learn how to how to pull out because I mean clearly he has John, but then also, like look at this, he's he's pulling it towards him like it's a lever. It's not a lever, Super, and you gotta pull up. Like use your flight <laughs> and pull up. You're a farm boy. You should know this. Yeah, I mean, heck, he he's smart. He should know this. I mean, you know, you're not gonna just like pull it towards you like it's a big lever. But whatever. The art in this is really good. And like this thing is making everybody mad. So like Superman leaves, he's kind of acting like a jerk. And Wally's like, that's weird. And then Mr. Trevick starts acting like a jerk. Linda starts acting like a jerk. All the people that work with Wally are acting like jerks. And then it turns out, oh, it's the uh, big spear thing. And so then they find out, you know, he, all the super villains want it to, you know, and then this, oh, who's the dude that shows up? Some dude, I like. He was a his name's Starbreaker. He like I recognize the outfit. I didn't really recognize the name. He was an old school Green Lantern villain. And it turns out this spear is um, oh, what's his name? Uh, crap. I'm playing on his name. I have to find it really quick. Oh, what is his the the dude that that has the uh little you know. Eclipso, that's it. <laughs> okay. And so he, like the this thing's actually Eclipso. So Eclipso's got this dude possessed now. So now that's the thing. And then he just flies off. And so Flash is like, well, crap, I gotta clean stuff up and get the yeah, this is gonna be a big thing to worry about. But since in Wonder Woman, I'm assuming this is because of Wonder Woman Wonder Woman's fault, she wouldn't help Dr. Fate. He had to go and get wally and he brings him in and he's all beat up so thanks a lot for you know wonder woman for nothing i'm I, this is like my own head continuity i don't know if that's actually what happened but i mean we don't know it could be yeah. so he now has to do some stuff with dr fate which should be a ton of fun i like this book some of the villains that showed up 
it was like, yeah, you're kind of jobbing these guys out because I'll show that I'll read that really quick. We had like, because there's some cool ones. It was like Gorilla Grodd, Ultra Humanite, um, the Gigantic Woman, uh, Dr. Light, uh, like Giganta. Yeah, a major force was there, which I did not like. Um, and then uh, Prometheus was there too. It's like, dude, there's a major force renaissance too. I know. I mean, uh, let's hope let's hope he doesn't do what he does best, putting women in fridges. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this issue. It's just like they should have chose like better villains. That's like my main knock on it. But otherwise, I liked it. I'm gonna give it a. Uh, Solid eight out of ten. I saw the cover for the next issue, which has fate on it, and I was like, I'm probably gonna pick that up. Nice. <laughs> okay, next for me is Masters of the Universe Revelation number four. Story and art is by Kevin Smith and Rob David, with the script by Tim Sheridan, and art done by the amazing Mindy Lee. Um so yes, this is the last issue of this mini series. Um, Tila and He-Man show up and try to stop Skeletor and what's her name, Evil Lynn. And Tila's like, we like, we don't know anything about uh, He-Man. Like, who is He-Man? If if King uh, Randor doesn't come out of this uh, coma he's in due to the monster attack that Skeletor did on him, like who's gonna be our ruler? He man, we don't even know who he is. She's like, and isn't it kind of funny that every time He Man shows up, Prince Adam is nowhere to be seen, and everyone's just kind of like giving each other side eye, like, uh oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anyway, she starts, she keeps like getting fired up real bad and, uh, Skeletor and Evil Lynn get away, but this crazy, I mean, she's almost like a freaking Phoenix here, right? Yeah. Whatever that is, she lets off so much like power that it somehow snaps like King Randor out of it. And, um, uh, they kind of pull uh, an identity crisis here. <laughs> Not in how you think. Okay. <laughs> Where um, the Masters of the Universe, uh, like Bird Lady Sorceress, I don't know what her name is. No, you got it right, Bird Lady Sorceress. Keep yeah. Um, she kind of erases the short-term memory of Tila so that she stops digging into this Prince Adam as He-Man <laughs> nonsense. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, then, like, we cut to Skeletor and Evil Lynn, and they're kind of, like, in the mind of that monster. And then the last page, we see the same eye of the monster, but a, like, silhouette in its eye for I'm guessing somebody that shows up that's supposed to be a big deal in the, the Revelation show because it is a prequel. And that's kind of how it ends. It's very open-ended because they want you to go watch the show, which 
I mean, that's the whole point of it. So you're going to watch that now or you have to finish all the episodes of Naruto first. Oh, it's probably going to be a while. Uh, even though I, I guess it's not, there's not that many episodes, like four episodes out or whatever. So maybe I will just power through it. But anyway, this is still pretty neat. Um, despite the questionable removing memory because she's asking too many questions thing. Story was still fun. Uh, the art is some of my favorite comic art I've seen here lately. I think Skeletor is like a genuinely interesting and cool villain in this series where in the show he's just, I mean, you know, you know how he is. I do my impression, but we don't need to hear it again. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> I am not Always. nice. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's cool. I like this book and overall, I think I would give the series like, probably at nine like i really really liked it and nice, i'm man. sure there's some diehard he-man fans that would disagree but you know this isn't their show it's my show and it's a nine hour <laughs> and that's my that's my review all right um i'm done with all of my comics except for our doubles i'm pretty sure me too perfect then so you want to start we want to do catwoman shazam doctor strange suicide squad batman thor and then lonely you went, city you went way too fast and also i didn't read shazam oh shoot i forgot about that then i will talk about shazam really quick aka the disappointment um so this is shazam issue 404 this is by timmy share and clayton henry it's tim sheridan for the the new listeners old t share yeah (laughs) but uh so shazam is talking to the new black adam and he kind of explains who he is kind of explains everything that's going on they end up saving the days against the thing he shazam gets his powers back and you know we don't really get any closure with the freddy stuff which is like lame as hell and because like you think that they're like there's a part with the hospital where you think they're talking to freddie but it's not and you're just like what was the point of this and it's just also like how you complained last issue where it's like the walls of dialogue you know this is worse (laughs) you don't get like a lot of like there's not much in the way of like cool fights either they're mostly just running away and then they end up kind of beating the thing that they were trying to beat up but like that barely lasted any time and it's kind of setting up for some stuff with to do with the devil's kid at the end it was a very this is just very much a letdown you'll have to read it and tell me if you actually liked it but i really didn't and it's like it's too bad because the first two issues of this series were so just dang good and then these other two it's kind of like it's just i don't know i was not feeling it i'm gonna give it a four out of ten okay what about the series overall since there's like highs and lows i'm gonna go with a six overall because the first two i think we we both gave it like a nine or a ten and then these other two we were both like pretty kind of and then this like the end was just really bad okay okay so next up do you want to do Catwoman, Doctor Strange, Suicide Squad, Batman, Thor, and then Lonely City? Yes, that sounds great. Awesome. I'll let you start up with Catwoman then. All righty then. We've got 
Catwoman number 36, written by Ram V and art done by Nina Vicueva and Laura Braga. I actually thought the art was spectacular on mm-hmm. this one, man. I don't know about you. There's Casey's dogs in the background. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to try to edit this out, but we'll find out if that actually works. <laughs> they're just really excited for Catwoman. They're like, where is yeah. she? Yeah, they're like, where is her? <laughs> anyway, um, like I said, for Fear State stuff, I think this was like pretty good. Like it, it held my interest. I like this band of misfit villains like teaming up to try and save Alley Town. Um, I you know Harley was pretty enjoyable. I think uh, Ram V writes her well, which doesn't happen as often as it should. In all fairness, though, we do say a lot. Harley's written really well here. So I think it does happen more than we, Between, we give credit like, to. Two writers. Fair enough. Um, yeah, anyway. And in the end, like the the big reveal, I, I was like, eh, whatever. But what yeah. did you think about it? That was perfectly fine. It didn't blow me away at all. Like the like, last issue, I think, was better. The art, though, is really, really good. And I'm interested. I'm still interested to see where it's going, which I wouldn't have said about uh catwoman like a year ago so that's that's a big thing yeah i'd probably give this one a seven that's where that's about where i'm at too so okay uh next up is the death of dr strange this is issue number two it's by jed mckay and lee carpet on the art and i like this one a good deal but i didn't like it near as much as the last issue what did you think I'm in the same boat. I mean, the the first one, it's like, it's all just fun, Stephen Strange stuff throughout his day. And this, like, we have to get more of the villain and what's actually going on. So there's setup stuff. Yeah. The the villains are spooky. Um, I don't understand why we need all the people that are there for strange. And then it's like, Oh, and also here's the Avengers. Like, I think it should be one group or the other. I get why the Avengers showed up because they're doing all of these dang tie-ins. So there's like, we have to give a reason why the Avengers would be there, you know? So I get that. And yeah, I, I, I do hate though, how they do this whole thing. It's like, don't Thor shouldn't have been there in my opinion, because he's too strong of a character and then you have, and like with Ms. Marvel and Iron Man, they can lose because it's magic versus science. And so you can do that cop out. But when Thor's magic, it's like, you can't have him just lose, be like, oh, cause of magic. Like you can't do that. Like he just gets beat. And it's not like that's making him look weaker when he's really isn't, you know, like he, I mean, sure. He's no Hercules, but, <laughs> but it's still like having him lose like this. It's just, I don't know. Like and here can I can I also add to that in his book he's like I'm not leaving Asgard and also spoiler alert he doesn't have Mjolnir right now and then yeah. he's here with the Avengers with Mjolnir yeah it bugs me and I know yeah. it shouldn't matter but it does matter yeah no you're I agree I'm not a big fan of that type of stuff either so that's like that was kind of a knock and I will say this too, the villain, like there's the villain with the, uh, the stone head, 
which I'm like, that's pretty creepy and cool. Like we've not seen that before. Like it's made of worms and has a stone head. What? But then the other two, they just look like knockoffs of like Thanos's kids or whatever that were in the uh, Avengers movie. And then where I think it was infinity is where they first showed up. The they just look like, Order. yeah, they look like ripoffs of the black order. So I was like, kind of, I thought they were kind of lame, but I do like this whole stuff with like how Dr. Strange just took a week of his life away so that if he ever got murdered, this guy, like it could solve who he was. thought that was really interesting. I like that part of part of it a lot. Me too. And also it's funny where he's talking to Cap and he's like, look, Cap, I got to figure out who killed me. And Cap's like, okay, but and he's like, yeah, all right, fine. Uh, I do. I just love how like there's enough crap that happens in the Marvel universe where they're just like, okay, we'll roll with it. I don't know what the heck's going on, but we'll <laughs> we'll go with you know you from the past is trying to figure out who killed you in the present. Why not? <laughs> right. It's like even Cap knows it's not going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Where are you at on this one? I'm probably at an eight. A little let down because I love the first one so much, though. I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. All right. Next, we've got Suicide Squad number eight. And this is written by Robbie Thompson. And art was done by Eduardo Pansica and Dexter Soy. And I don't know about you, Casey, but I thought this was a pretty fun issue. I didn't like it so much personally. I like the art a lot, but. Oh, the art is so good. Yeah, my the main thing that I don't like about it, and you can say, oh, it's this is the character, and I and I, I agree it is. So I'm not saying like I'm not knocking Robbie for the way he wrote Ambush Bug, but Ambush Bug annoys the crap out of me. Like I like Ambush Bug in small doses, where he's voiced by Henry Winkler. But when I was reading him in this, I'm just like, oh man, this is like the most annoying version of Deadpool. And so I just I just enjoy that too much. But other than that, it was still a good time. And I'm really more excited about what happened at the end of the issue for more of that. Because I think that's really cool. I agree. The ambush bug stuff didn't annoy me near as much as it did you. Um, but the, I think it's mostly because I haven't read Deadpool or a character like that in so long. But I'm like, oh, this is fine. I, you know, it's just who he is. So yeah. But I agree that that team at the end has me very excited. Yeah. What do you think about just in general? Like we, we can talk about it. Spoilers here. Um, I don't know. Just what, what do you think about each member? Uh, I like it a lot. The only one I'm like kind of eh, on is the parademon, but like mirror master is such an underrated flash flash villain. In my opinion, the crap that he can do. It's crazy. Cheetah is super dang cool. Um, and I don't care about Peacemaker since he's, you know, probably going to be a part of it. But yeah, right. but like I said, the Parademon is the only one I'm kind of like puzzled on. I don't know how that's going to work too well. I really, I, you know, back to the ambush book thing. I really like that Robbie Thompson could help make fun of DC saying, you know, well, he's got a series coming out. So, you know, yeah. he's bound to have a mini comic series too. Like that was super funny, but but yeah, did you like the team? Like, are you excited about seeing more of them? Yeah, like, I I I need to know the background details on the Parademon. 
because it's like did they say we put a bomb in your head like he doesn't care like he yeah. demons are dumb they just fly off and then you detonate it so there's got to be more to that but yeah how the heck did rick flag get mirror master cheetah and a parademon to team up like and robbie thompson i think is good enough that he's gonna make it work yeah i like robbie thompson a lot so it should be pretty cool but yeah like i'm i wouldn't be like if it wasn't robbie thompson i probably wouldn't come back for another time because i was pretty annoyed with the ambush bug but i'm like i like robbie thompson so i'm gonna have to give it another go so i'm i'm at about six what about you I'm actually at an eight on this one. I don't nice. think Ambush Bug will be around for very much longer. No, I don't. It sounded I don't like either. they just needed him to like get to hell, and they've done that. So yeah. Okay, so next up is Batman, and this is with uh, James Tynan. And where are like I hate DC. I swear. Uh, <laughs> who else is on the art okay so we got um bengal and jorge Jimenez on the art i knew jorge would be but i forgot the other dude's name but yeah did you have any big thoughts on this Mm, yeah i guess i mean it's stupid that how easily um what's his name sean mahoney or whatever is just like yeah okay scarecrow I'll follow you. Let's go do this thing. I mean, it kind of is, but kind of isn't. He's been infected with the fear stuff. And then it's also like that new fear stuff can kind of change the way your mind works. So I get that. I thought it was kind of dumb that they're just like, oh, uh, Queen Ivy's place and she has control over everything. We're going to send some troops down to get her. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, did they even say how they found her? Really? They just kind of knew she was there. Well, they've got drones. Yeah. And, and then I do like to, and more, this is a more sort of a sarcastic, like it's got all of these people, like all of the stuff they're doing. And then it's like, it just looks like the two of them just had awkward sex. It's just like, like, oh. <laughs> like that's what, that's what the you know, Nightwing and Barbara, yeah. Nightwing and Barbara are, put their clothes back on. It looks like it's kind of stupid, but, um, yeah, Miracle Molly is awesome, and Batman can take a punch that would hurt Superman, and he can get up and wipe his mouth off. It's like, how strong is he? And then she's like, <laughs> so strong, Superman would feel it. And he's like, oh, good thing I'm stronger than right. <laughs> and so then she's able to take the uh, gauntlets off because she's so much better than everybody else. And then Batman's like, well, now I can beat him up. And then he doesn't get hit once after that though. So it's like, what's the point of taking the gauntlets off? Doesn't make any sense. And then he knocks them out. And then, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I'm still just kind of like ugh, on this whole thing. Also, uh, I'm probably just dumb, but who is this? I'm betting that's the new Batman. Oh, like the Fox kid. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I assume, but it's like, why does his face look wrapped? Because <laughs> he covers that up so you don't know that he's black. Oh, well, see, I'm that's not what reading I'm, it. I'm not reading it either, but that's the only thing that I could think of why they would do that. So then like, people would still assume he's the regular Batman, you know? Right. But, but I, don't know if, I don't know that for sure. And they're um, taking a page out of Mr. Miracle for that. <laughs> and then uh, next is 
Batgirls in Clueless. And this is by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad with Jorge Corona on the art. Do you like this story? If I'm honest, I liked this more than the normal story. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I wanted to like this one. I wasn't too hot on it personally. I mean, not much happens in it. It's just clearly whatever happens in this at the end, the end of uh, Batman 116 is just going to be set up for their own series. But I think the art is awesome. The colors are bright and fun. Yeah, I like the art a lot. Gives me Riley Rossmo feels. Yeah, I don't which I know you hate care. him, yeah. so you probably don't I, like. I don't that. hate. That's a strong word. It's just <laughs> I don't really care for it. But this is, I think, much better than that. But uh, yeah, I I, I think it's I like I like how Stephanie and Cassie are together too. I will say that because Stephanie is a kind of a goofball, and Cassie does not know how to be around goofballs clearly. She's so it's a fun thing for yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah, so that was pretty good. Also, I'm so glad that they changed up Stephanie's design a little bit because, like, that looks awesome. Yeah, I love her suit right there. Um, so yeah, I even though this like not much happened in the story and it's fine, I'm still just so hyped for that book to come out. So I got you, man. What would you give this as a whole? Probably a six. I was at about seven, so you know. And since you are taking a sip of your beverage, I'll just start up with Thor. So this is Donnie Cates and Pascal Ferry and Bob Quinn on the art. It's issue 18. And what did you think? Because you are the Thor boy of this group. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I did too. It's, it's goofy, but you know what? It's fine to mix goofy after some of the heavy stuff we've gotten. And how can you not like Throg? Yeah, like so. I wasn't super hot on the uh, Thor and Loki combo at the beginning. That, I was kind of like, ah, oh, this is this won't be my favorite book. And then it's, as soon as Thor starts talking to Throg, and then Throg's like breaking down who he needs to be in his group. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> you've won me over. This yeah. is awesome. And also, I love that he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked him four days ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the team is so cool, though. Yeah. I mean, we got two dogs. So that's perfect. I know. I was, as soon as I saw Bats, I was like, oh, Casey's going to like that. Yeah. I love Bats. He's like, he was the best part of uh, Donnie Cates' awesome Doctor Strange run, which I really need to read. It's really good. Like, yeah, it's just a really, really great, enjoyable time. Yeah. But no, he's cool. Just in, in case anybody needs some, like, incentive to pick up this arc, Throg wants Bats the ghost dog, Lockjaw, um, <laughs> Lockheed the dragon, and then uh, Odin's Ravens uh, hugging and running. So... I think that sounds like, oh, and their whole thing is they have to, they're spies. They have to figure out who stole Mjolnir. So, yeah. And so Donnie Cates said on Twitter that there's going to be the God of Hammers because he's like, Thor is not the God of Hammers. This guy is. And, you know, that's who the, that's the big thing that's going to be coming up. And so like 
I was, I thought I was going to say, he's like, do you guys have any ideas who the God of hammer could be? And so my first thing was going to be MC hammer, but multiple other people did that joke. So I'm like, I'm not going to even try that joke now. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. A God of hammers would have come up by now. So that's that could have been, could have been a better be a dwarf. That's all I got to say. And it it won't be an Egyptian God of hammers. We don't know. We don't know what his preference is yet. Could be, but I don't know. I'm going to have to be a a stickler whenever that comes up. But anyway, uh, I loved this book. I was with you on the Loki conversation. And because of that, instead of a perfect 10, this will be getting a nine from me. Nine for me too. I'm so pumped for more Throg though. Love Throg. Yeah, same. You got his first appearance? Yeah, I do actually. Nice. I figured you would. Yeah, it was one of those where you could get it for like five bucks until Donny Cates a year ago was like, I'm going to use Throg. And then everybody snatched him up and they're like, it's a hundred dollars now. It's nice. like, what? why? Because Excelsior, you're Excelsior. doing the same voice. I know. I created Throg. <laughs> All, All right. right. Yeah, I'll let you do this since I, I talked twice. What are you doing over there? I see that arm moving. So I'm trying to get like my last uh, my last stand hour. On my oh, watch. okay, okay. And it just looked, it look, looked a little odd. I know I'm over here shaking like, my arm. You're like doing this. That is so not true. <laughs> over here, come on. I know how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We've got Catwoman Lonely City Book One. It is written, drawn, colored, and lettered by the amazing Cliff Chang. And uh, Casey kind of kind of shared his quick thoughts earlier in the episode. I also loved it though, man. I thought this was a great book. Yeah. You know, as Catwoman's biggest fan, as I have been for years now, um, this is like the perfect book for you know, us and the Catwoman fan club, because I mean, it has like all these like fun little things where like, Oh, it's like kind of her, let's call it the litter box instead of the bat cave where she's got like her old costumes and stuff. And we also get the animated series costume in this one, which is cool. And like, you're dealing with basically old Catwoman. So like, it's not just, Oh, can I do this job? It's like, will my knees hold up? (laughs) Mm-hmm. and oh man it's just such a f- cool thing the world that uh, cliff made was so interesting i'm here for the ride i'm so excited yeah and also how funny was old man croc <laughs> yeah i loved old man croc i loved all the old villains like two faces you know a slimy douche which is kind of the thing that he's supposed to be but like old man penguin was great and i'm just excited to see more of the old villains too when that you know when that stuff pops up and also props to cliff for bringing back ma hunkle <laughs> yes i love that too oh man just everything about this book i loved yeah um yeah i mean the you want to give like the the brief what it's about for the listeners yeah so basically batman and who else did it say die because i mean i know you told me nightwing Nightwing. okay oh yeah and then 
Nightwing and even Alfred was dead too. Like they're all dead now. Catwoman was framed for it. She just got out of jail after 10 years. Some people are mad that she's out of jail. And it's kind of revealed the only reason she got put out, brought out of jail is because Two-Face is trying to get reelected because he's mayor somehow. I don't know how he got those votes, but yeah. So now Catwoman is like trying to prove that she still got it because everyone's like, you're old. You cannot be a good cat bur- burglar if you're old. And so now she's going to do a job. And I'm really excited for that. The, the art's incredible the really the only thing that you can say i don't like about this book is the size but i will say if you have a coffee table this is like perfect coffee table comic book material like it's it's like exactly what you would want on your coffee table. cliff chang's art is perfect for that yep i agree completely so what would you give it oh it's a 10 from me 10 for me too if you're surprised by that then it's like wow really yeah if you guys like catwoman or even don't like catwoman this is so different from regular catwoman that you might actually like it and if you just like really good art like that's the bit that's the big thing like cliff chang is in my opinion one of the coolest artists out there and he is a really good writer too and i think he actually i i'm kind of taking a little bit of stuff that i remember seeing mark wade talk about i think he kind of helped write the stuff that he did with Mark Wade. Maybe not, but he probably did somehow. And like, this is like stuff I remember, like vaguely remember him saying on Twitter or something. So like take that with a grain of salt, but I think he's kind of got the practice in through the years. And now as he's writing this and he is killing it and yeah, don't, don't just read by uh characters you like read by the creators. Cause they're the ones getting paid. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, with two minutes to spare, Casey, we survived the hour. Good. So what are you going to be excited for this coming week, man? Well, you know, Casey, it's it's great that you asked me. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Wonder Girl, 100%. Yeah. My, my most hyped... Um, you know, I can also say Robin and then uh, DC versus vampires. Really looking forward to that one. Nice. I'm going to say Daredevil, um, Adventure Man, and I'm going to go Task Force Z because I knew I was going to do Task Force Z or DC versus vampires. I was like, I'm going to try both of them out. It's Halloween. I want to get scared. So, you know, let's go with the one he doesn't choose. Excellent. So now it's Fantastic Four time. So I want you to tell me four hot takes that you have that may get your nerd card revoked. Sure. Uh, the first one, Casey, is that I believe Superman is boring and OP. Just kidding. I do not believe that at all. <laughs> that was my troll answer. I got you, man. Um, I've said some of these on this show before. Uh, the first one that I do believe is that Iron Man just isn't that cool. Um, you haven't read the right Iron Man then. And I agree with that statement. But until I do read Matt Fraction's Iron Man, <laughs> uh, he's not interesting to me. Another one is that the original Star Trek just isn't as good as what came after. And by that, I mostly mean Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. 
Um, but a lot of people that love the original think next gen isn't good at all. And I'm just complete opposite on that. Yeah. Next. Um, I also think that Barry Allen is kind of boring and that Wally is just way better as a flash and a character in general. And my final hot take is that the Phantom Menace is the best prequel Star Wars movie. I think the hottest of those takes is that last one. Those, some of those other mm-hmm. ones were kind of lukewarm at best, bud. Yeah. Well, I saved the, the hottest one for last. <laughs> okay. So mine and this, I think, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I'm going to say as much as I love the animated DC stuff, like, you know, from when we were kids, animated Superman is trash. Ooh, that is a hot take. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, it's just like, oh, I get beat up all the time. I can't do that. Like, I'm, you know, like he gets, he just gets beat by everybody. Like, he, you know, he'll be fighting like that electricity chick, and electricity now Live hurts him. Yeah, and then, and then, like, then in the last episode of the Justice League Unlimited, we get super dark side with Brainiac powers, and then Superman's like, I've been holding back this whole time. I'm so strong. <laughs> and then another one christopher nolan's batman series is actually one of the lamest like worst batman interpretations in series it's just really well acted so people pretend it's really good but it's like it's not that good when you think about it that way and i would i would like to add in another like lukewarm take to that uh batman begins is the best of that trilogy oh 100 percent. like the only reason why people like the uh dark knight is because Heath Ledger does a really good job as joker but that movie itself i'm not too hot on um trying to think of a oh the x-men peaked when they were just a team but when they kept adding characters it's just like what's the point of enjoying this book okay Cause like now it's like, Oh, well we have 5,000 members of this team and we live on an Island together. It's like, Oh boy, way to make me not want to read this garbage. <laughs> um, and then trying to think of an, one more. Oh, I'll say this. The only reason why DC and Marvel are still uh, able to make comic books is it's just because they're old. Cause it's like, they do so many stupid things, but they have this set continuity that people know who they, what their characters are, but they aren't doing smart things with it. So it's like, you know, if like image had their own set universe you know, outside of image United, they'd be cleaning the floors with them because they, they take care of their talent better and more people will not work for them, but they just can't do that because you know, there's they, you know, they, they don't have they, Batman. <laughs> yeah. They don't have Batman. They don't have the X-Men. So it's like, Oh, well, what are you going to do? And they also don't have their own universe. That's the big thing. All right. Well, there's a good handful of hot takes for you folks. Yeah. Send us your spiciest takes or tell us why we are stupid. <laughs> Please do tell us why we're stupid. I'd love to hear why. Yeah. All right. I think that's the end of the episode. I think so. All right. Closing plug time. If you would, please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give the page a like. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. 
And also, if you would, please go to our YouTube channel. That is just Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube and subscribe. All right, guys. Uh, you know, we'd love to stay in chat, but we have to go get matching jumpsuits together and, and get that bowl cut a little trim. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye.